We'll be in uh, actually we'll be in a couple different places tonight. We're going to start out in Ephesians six ten. All of it very familiar verses. But I want to share something with you that I hope will be a help. Um, something that that needs to be heard. I believe in probably every church out there. I mean, churches. As we get into this, you'll understand what I'm say, uh, talking about here, but. It seems like Satan is just really working in today's world and in the churches as well. Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10 here, says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Again, a very familiar verse. We've all heard it before. But I want to concentrate really on verse 11 tonight. I'm sorry. I'm right on verse 11 there where it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I was in another church here recently and I had, oh, I don't even remember, four or five different messages for the weekend. And um, I had a message. I had preached one night and I had a message set for the next night. But that night, this, this little thing came up. And as the night grew, I realized this little thing kept growing as well. And it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I told Kim, I said, you know, I really don't know if I can preach tomorrow night's message saying that there is something here that is causing a division in the church. And I was praying about it, praying about it, and it ended up the next night, I mean, literally within an hour of the message, I I grabbed a a Ramada in receipt I had because I didn't have my computer or a printer or anything and I jotted down a couple notes and I just uh, finally quit arguing with the Holy Spirit and preached this message and some of that's going to be what I'm going to share with you tonight but the Bible says we need to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil and I know when I read this verse it almost sounds you think of the word wiles you think I know me I think of the wily coyote I know some of you guys remember that uh, from a few years ago, the little wily coyote running around with the Acme gunpowder, and he's he's trying to blow up the Roadrunner and do all these crazy things. And you and you think about that that wily little devil. It almost sounds kind of cute. It almost sounds like it's it, it's there, and it's it's just little guy sneaking around trying to pull pranks, but it's it's really not. The, the, if you look in the dictionary, the dictionary says it's a way to ensnare you. It's it's a trick or a trap or something to ensnare you. And the and the by and the devil he's running around. He's trying to ensnare us. He's actually he's attacking us. And as I said, using this message and, and thinking about what I was going to preach tonight, my our last service here, you know. We knew from the minute we walked in this church, this church was something special. I mean, you guys, you guys have a heart for God. The, the people in this church really want to learn about God. They're really in God's Word. And, and there's a, a genuine love for each other in this church. 
And you just don't see that very much anymore. And I think about our time here, and I know it's only been a little less than a year, but what a blessing it's been. And I really hope that one of these days, Pastor Tommy will call me up and he'll say, you know what, we got this going on, why don't you come up and either either let me come up and listen or maybe have me come up and preach. And I really hope that I see the exact same thing here as I saw the day I walked in here and as I see tonight. People that are that really want to learn God's Word, really want to grow together. Hopefully there's a few more. Hopefully you guys have grown. But you know, the fact of the matter is, with Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls, eventually the devil is going to start noticing this church. This is a very young church, and at first he probably thought, that's not that big of a deal over there. You know, they're just getting started. But eventually he's going to get to know this church, and he's going to start taking notice of what's going on here. You got a church that's going out trying to reach the community, trying to reach people for Jesus Christ, a church that's that's running a food pantry trying to reach the poor and just be a ministry to the community. And eventually Satan is going to realize, you know what, I'm going to have to deal with this church over here. I'm going to have to do something because they're starting to make some noise over there in Rock Falls. A pastor, and I really don't remember his name, years ago I listened to a message um, I, I believe it was Brother Joe Mark. He does a message called, Does the Devil Know You? And really, as Christians, we kind of, I know we don't want to, but we kind of want the devil to know us. I mean, the devil's not going to pay attention to who we are if we're not making a splash for Jesus Christ, if we're not making some kind of noise in our community and doing something to reach people. The devil's not going to worry about us. You might be able to look that up online and listen to it. I don't know if it's online or not, but the devil's going to get to know this church. He's going to start noticing. First Peter five eight says, "Be sober and vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeing whom he may devour." Eventually, he's going to notice this church over here, and he's going to say, "You know what? I need to start working on them." And he's going to come in here in his little book of wiles. And he's gonna he's he's gonna see what he can do. That's gonna start happening. And really tonight, I'm just kind of hoping to give a little bit of a warning. Uh, I don't know. I was thinking about it before church. I said, you know, I, technically this could be considered a threat. Don't call Pastor Tommy and, and tell him I threatened you. And if you do, wait till tomorrow. Wait till he's done spending time with his wife and getting away, and then you can let him know. But it really is kind of a threat. Satan eventually he's gonna he's gonna start doing what he can do to attack the church, you know, and years and years of military training. The number one thing we learn when it comes to defense, the best defense you can have, as Scott's probably learning right now, is knowing your enemy, knowing what your enemy is capable of, knowing what your enemy. The tactics he likes to use, when he's going to use them, how he's going to use them. When we were in Iraq, we spent the first part of every day, we called it a 24-hour briefing. They would constantly keep us up to date with what the enemy was 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 doing. The, the new tactics they were using, or sometimes going back to the old tactics, and constantly switching things up and doing different things. And they would, they would pull us all in the leadership, and they would say, you know what, this is what's going on. We're noticing that they're in this area right now a little bit more than this area, and they're and they're using this tactic, and, and they're doing a little bit of this over here and a little bit of that over there, and this is what the different groups are doing, and they would teach us what to watch for. 
And it was my job as an NCO to go teach my troops. And it's really no different here. My job as a preacher is to help you guys to, to be aware of what the devil is going to do or what the devil might try. Tonight, I want to take a look at what I think is probably the oldest trick in the book. You know, a lot of times the enemy will go try new things. Try different things, different times, different places, different tactics. But it always seems like somewhere along the line, if they, if they find something that works, they'll go back to it every once in a while. And the devil's the same way. I'm talking about division. The devil likes to divide. We've all heard the sayings, united we stand, divided we fall. Divide and conquer. The truth of the matter is, those aren't just sayings. Those are actually biblical truths. Do you realize that? But uh, Matthew 12.25 says, And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? In Mark 3.24-26, And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, the house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but hath an end. And you know, as I was thinking about this message here, Satan knows this. And in fact, if you think about it, I'm pretty sure Satan was the one that created this. The first time we've ever heard about attacking somebody when they were divided was in the Garden of Eden. He didn't attack Eve when she was with Adam. He didn't attack Eve when he knew that she was with the person that could say, no, 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 that's not what God said. This is what God said. But he he goes to Eve and he attacks her when she's divided. And he confuses her like he doesn't do to people. And he gets her wondering about things and he tries to mix up the Word of God. He attacked Cain and Abel when they were divided. When they were divided over God's, um, uh, what's the word here I'm looking for? Acceptance. They had a division between the two brothers and that's when he started working. And you can go through the Bible and find instance after instance. He went after Jesus Christ when he was in the wilderness. Now this is the only time in history I can find when someone was attacked while they were divided and it didn't work. But Satan knows when he attacks people when we're divided, that's the best time to do it. You know, I like to hunt. I like to deer hunt, turkey hunt. And it's always easier to take an animal when they're by themselves because you don't have all them other eyes watching. It's just a fact, it's just a fact of life that when we're not as strong when we're divided. Satan loves to attack people. You know, he attacks us. First of all, when he attacks us, he attacks us when we're away from the church. You ever notice that? Very, very rarely does Satan attack somebody when they're in the church unless he's attacking the church itself. He attacks us when we're at home or alone. There's no one else around to talk to or whatever the case might be. We're on the road. He likes to attack people. He likes to, to, to get that doubt and that, that fearless or that faithlessness and that fear in us when we're alone. When we don't have anybody to back us up. He does the same thing with families. He does the same thing with churches. He likes to, he likes to create that disruption. 
You guys, anybody that's heard me preach before knows how I feel about gossip. But the fact of the matter is, Satan likes to divide. And Paul gives us a lot of help with that. Flip over to Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. I'm going to show you some things about division here that I think will really help us. A little bit of a warning, something to look for. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 10. It says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by whom which are in the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now, this is where it all starts. There are contentions among them. And you can read this passage of Scripture here, and it's really interesting because he he goes into he goes into I'll read here it says and now now this I say that every one of you saith I am of Paul and I am of Paulus and I am of Cephas and I am of Christ is Christ divided was Paul crucified for you or were ye baptized in the name of Paul I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius lest any should say that I have baptized in mine own name this whole contention. It's about who they were baptized by. That's important. Because anybody anybody that understands baptism understands that's not biblical. It doesn't matter who baptized us. It doesn't matter if I got baptized by Pastor Tommy or the pastor of my old church. That has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that we're Christians, we're trying to live for Christ, and we're trying to do the things of Christ. It says, is Christ divided? Now, had they been talking about Maybe how they were baptized, if they were referring to the difference between sprinkling and full immersion, or if they were referring to um, some other kind of divisions. You know, the word uh, divisions is only brought up four times in the New Testament. And every time a division is brought up, it's something biblical. If you if you look over in, uh, uh, we'll probably look over there in a minute. First Corinthians chapter eleven. It's referring to the divisions. They're referring to the Lord's Supper and how the Lord's Supper is being taken. But every time we talk about contentions, that word only brought up two times in the New Testament. It's talking about foolish things. Titus three nine says, "But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions." And strivings above the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. So what Paul's saying here is, listen, don't let don't let there be divisions among you because there are contentions. You can go into any church building in this world and you can find contentions among the people. Me, I like strawberry rhubarb pie. Merlani, he might like apple pie. I don't know. And you say, you know what, that's kind of a silly scenario. But I'll tell you what, I've seen some really silly contentions over the years. You guys have all heard my story, most of you, about the sparkles on the ceiling. The the church was doing some rebuilding, and and they decided to lower the ceiling, and they they did the, the finish, whatever it's called on there, and they used the stuff without the sparkles because it was cheaper. The lady comes up to pastor. You know what? I realize there's not sparkles on the ceiling anymore. I went to. I don't even know how. We were in that church four or five years before this happened. I never even noticed there were sparkles. 
She left the church over that. I've seen people, I've seen people get upset over the color of carpet. You know, Pastor Tommy brought it up when we recarpeted the place, but that's a serious thing to some people. I saw a complete church split over whether or not to replace the carpet. Those are contentions. Those are things that, that Paul refers to in, uh, in, in Romans 16 as doubtful disputations. Things that really don't matter. Things that are just silly to allow in our church. And he's saying, listen, don't let these things turn into divisions. But that's exactly what's happening in today's churches. People, people see something they don't like, and they're gonna, they, they got to voice their opinion. The old pastor was talking this morning about, about respecting your elders and, and, and listening and, and, and listening before you talk. Nobody does that anymore. Everybody's got to get their two cents in. And then pride gets in the way. And then it turns into something personal. Then it turns into, I just want to be right. I just want to be known that I have a different opinion and, and I'm not going to let this go. You, you're going to understand what I'm saying. I don't like this. But it's not even biblical. And eventually, as the church grows, as, as we start getting bigger, as we continue to grow in Jesus Christ and we make a, a, a bigger noise in the community, Satan's going to start letting those contentions creep in and he's going to start using them to create a division. You know, Pastor Tommy, he loves talking about having a, a, I don't know if I'm saying the right words here, but he likes to call it a controlled church split. That's a great idea. You get big enough in the community to where things are going good, you got enough members, and you see another area that needs a church, send 10, 15 members over there to start a church. That's a great idea. But you know what? You don't hear about that anymore. Now you hear about people leaving churches because they got different carpet or people leaving churches because they don't like the way the pastor is running the... the, the um, what's that story we heard about? The, the, the junior program, the junior church. People, people having getting all upset because church is starting at 10.45 instead of 11. I heard that one just a couple years ago. And... And we let those things fester and get worked up. You know, the Bible talks about these divisions. It's talking about biblical things. Let's look at one over here. First Corinthians, flip over to uh, chapter 11. It's really, this is really funny too because I brought this up in one message. and I said, you know, the biggest thing in churches, dividing churches, is baptism and the Lord's Supper. And I wasn't even speaking of this. And within days later, I was going through this, and I caught on to the Bible shows us the same thing. But First Corinthians chapter eleven, starting in verse eighteen, it says, "For first of all, when ye come together in church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must also be heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you." When ye come together, therefore, in one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. So you have a division in the church over the Lord's Supper. And look what he says here. It says, For there must be also heresies among you that they which are approved 
may be manifest among you. This is people trying to get everybody else's approval. They're trying to manifest themselves among you. And it's creating a division. Now in this case, it's something biblical. And we look, like I said, uh, and I, I mentioned Romans sixteen seventeen says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. But saying divisions are going against the doctrine. But that's not what we're seeing in churches. We're seeing contentions. We're seeing the color of carpet become a division. Listen, if there's something going on in a church that's unbiblical, you have to deal with that. But we can't even get to that anymore because we can't deal with the things that are not unbiblical. We can't deal with the fact that no one else likes strawberry rhubarb pie. Bunch of sinners. I mean, come on. No one else likes this carpet? What's wrong with you guys? What does it really matter? Paul tells us not to let contentions turn into divisions. When we're doing it, we're doing it for fleshly reasons. 1 Corinthians 3.3 says, For ye are... For ye are not carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal, and walk as men? For while one saith, I am a Paul, another I am a Paulus, are ye not carnal? Carnal meaning worldly? Aren't you thinking of the things of the world and not the things of spiritual? Does this really have anything to do with the church? Is this hurting the church spiritually? No. The color of this carpet means absolutely nothing with what's being taught up here on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. You know, it's great to have a piano player, especially for you guys, because you don't have to listen to me. But if we didn't have that, we could still come in here and be fed spiritually. You know, we're going down to to uh, Calvary Baptist Church, and I love giving them a hard time. I actually asked them last time we were down there. I said, listen, you walk into this church, and I don't think they believe that there was colors out there. I think somebody was mad and seeing red because everything in that church is red. I said, what in the world? And I'm not, I don't mean just like red. I mean like red. Like bright red. I almost want to wear my sunglasses in there. I said, what in the world is up with the red? It was on sale. Oh, okay, I can understand that. I, can, I, can, I get it now. That's fine, I understand. But that has nothing to do with what's going on inside the church. That has nothing to do with what's going on. But we're carnal. We let the pride get us. We let, we let the little things boil and fester inside us. Listen, this is the work of the devil. This is... That's his biggest tool. What better than to get someone all worked up before church over something and get them boiling inside to where they're sitting there just thinking, oh, I can't believe she wanted green carpet. Don't have a clue what pastor preached about that day because they were sitting there festering about the color of the carpet or the sparkles in the ceiling or the fact that church is moving to 1045 and not starting at 11 anymore. (laughs) 
Are you not carnal? That's ridiculous. The only way to do that, go back to Ephesians chapter 6, it tells us, verse 14, the only way to stay away from them things, it says, stand therefore having your loins girt about with the truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Stay in the Word. Don't let something that is a contention that you don't like turn into a division. Well, how do you know that? It's in the Bible. Is it biblical? I don't know. We'll find out. It's in the Bible. And your feet shod with the preparation in the gospel of peace. You know, if we know the truth, we know whether or not it's biblical or not. We know when we're wrong. We know when we're going to have an argument over something that's a contention, something that we don't like. We know we're wrong. We know what the Bible says about that. And if there's a slight chance that you don't know, you have a pastor you can ask. But the bottom line is, is knowing it is a threat. Satan is going to start attacking this church eventually. He's going he's gonna, to... I've already seen personal attacks on some people in this church. He's going to start... Sickness and health reasons and, 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 and getting stuck in the driveway. Just little things like that. And I, I'm not the kind of person that I believe Satan behinds everything. Because the Bible, he's not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere. So it's not always him. But he's going to start attacking. And as long as we understand that it's going to happen, and we're ready, and we have our minds ready, so you know what? Listen. You might be right. You you might be right. Purple carpet would look better in here. But you know what? It don't matter. It don't matter. Hey, I don't care if you don't like strawberry rhubarb pride. That's more for me. Really. I'm fine with that. I don't care if church starts at 1045. That means I get to lunch a little bit faster. I'm fine with that. I really don't care about the sparkles in the ceiling because I don't normally look up there anyway during church. But uh, okay. But sometimes if we we understand that Satan's going to do something and we know what's coming, we can avoid that attack. You know what, brother? You're right. That that carpet would have looked better in here. But this is what we got right now. I guess we got to deal with it. No big deal. Don't let contentions. Turn into divisions. That's listen. You know when churches split, when people leave a church. I'm sure you've seen the same thing, Pastor. They don't very rarely do they go to another church. They get out of church. And and uh, this church down here at Calvary, they just went through a split about a year ago over something extremely ridiculous. And we were we were discussing it. I was discussing it with the men, and I said, "You know, do you guys feel like something needs to be done? Is it over with? It seems like it's still lingering." And they said, "No, it's over with. That's done with." And I said, "Are are there people part of another church?" They said, "Well, they go to church over here sometimes, and over there sometimes. They don't really go to church anymore. That's the work of Satan. Oh, he just won that battle. He just took a whole family out of church." 
And and boy, that division just keeps getting wider and wider from there. I don't know about you guys, but you miss church on a Sunday morning. Man, it, I went through this a couple months ago with my wife. I was telling her when I was sick. I said, I, I feel horrible. I don't want to go to church and get Miss Cassandra sick because she's pregnant. I don't want to go get everybody else sick. But I don't want to miss church either. I said, I'm going to feel bad if I stay home and I'm going to feel bad if I go to church. I don't know what to do. But the longer you're out of church, the wider that division gets. The further away you get from God, boy, Satan's just all over you then. He's got that battle won then. You know, even in the military. That, that, that's still to this day one of the military's biggest weapons. Divide the enemy. We're taught flanking movements on how to cut a, cut a line between the enemy and divide them. They do the same thing. They use their little IEDs and stuff over there in Iraq. They know to set it off in the middle of the convoy because you just divided everybody. The division is the end. It really is. Once that division is there, it might not be the whole church. It might not just be one family. But I'll tell you what, that lingers. It's the end for somebody. Some Christian somewhere is not in church tonight because of a division in a church. That probably started as a contention. We need to be aware that Satan's going to do that. He's going to... We gotta head it off before it starts, and it, and if it does start, there's nothing wrong with bringing it to pastor. Hey, so and so is upset about this. We need to ward this off immediately. Don't let a contention become a division. It's always been an issue. Paul was writing about it, so it's always been there. Satan's been doing it since the beginning of time. So with that, let's close with a word of prayer.